Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with Steve Cohen. Our special guest today is a superstar in our sport, Chantel Sutherland. Chantel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bill. You know, this is really amazing because my whole life is about uh, playing sports and winning, but you have actually won, I don't know, hundreds of times more than I have. So it's really amazing to meet you. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just very, very pleased. Well, it's an honor to meet you and honestly, uh, meeting you and looking at your accolades and everything you've done is incredible. Uh, me, I lose percent of the time. So I'm a personal as much as I've won a lot of races too, but, um, 1100 races, something like that. But I, we lose a lot too, jockeys. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit, if you can. Talk a little bit about growing up. Um, I think in Toronto. Talk about that. I grew up in north, uh, north of Toronto on a farm in Caledon, and my father was a horse owner. Uh, we had, and I were showers, and we had ponies, cows. Um, the odd time we had a couple goats, but uh, for the most part, uh, I worked there I landscaped as a kid and my dad was uh you know a living facility and I would uh gallop their bread break horses from the gate break babies and because I'm small they would take me to the sales and I would take the horses in the sales ring to make the horse look bigger so I've gone from the ground up and then it's come full circle so when I'm done racing I'd really like to get into the bloodstock part of it well, can you talk about that a little bit? Talk about what kind of gal you were like in high school and then eventually uh, maybe college. Talk about what kind of kid you were. Uh, I really was playing field hockey and um, uh, I was downhill skiing. I went to boarding school and the boarding school that I went to, we'd have days on Wednesday. So we'd, uh, in the wintertime, downhill ski and I loved to race downhill. Uh, I was on the team for and then in the summers I played field hockey and kind of all year round and I wanted to be in the Olympics and uh, so I played for Canada I got up to the junior World cup team when I was um, in university but then all of a sudden all the girls grew and I stayed the same height game got really fast and I was kind of getting banged around so I think my last year of college I decided you know I, I am small and felt like a good athlete and I could ride horses and I was in an occupational psychology class and I was trying to help people with occupational psychology like what what occupation they should choose for their life and I put all the ones for myself just to see and jockey was the one that hit the sweet spot so I didn't know if I could many at it but I took a chance and I believed in myself and I I knew I could ride I knew I was an athlete and I knew I had the drive and determination it's just could I was I going to be good enough at it and um, I went to the track, and it all worked out so far. <laughs> hey, did you have somebody who mentored you through that to kind of guide you along that path? Yeah, so when I, um, before I became a jockey, I went to a dinner party, and um, I told, you know, one of the trainers I wanted to be a jockey, and they kind of laughed at me, and um, I didn't really know why, and they said, like, oh, you're too pretty to be a jockey, and you should be on TV, you should commentate. 
And uh, I said, well, I really want to be a jockey. And they're like, well, you don't have it to be a jockey. And I'm like, well, I don't know what it is you need to have to be a jockey. What would I need to do? And they're like, well, someone like Angel Cordero, which would be like the Michael Jordan of basketball, would need to teach you. Cause, like, that's basically the only guy who could teach you how to, to have what you need to have. And I'm like, okay, well, where does he live? And they said, uh, he lives in Florida, Miami-Dade. So back then, I should call 411 for information. And uh, I called Brother Cadero's in Miami-Dade, and they gave me three, and I called Angel, and the first one that I called, Angel answered, and I said, my name is Chantal Sutherland, I heard you help young jockeys become jockeys, and he said, yeah, I do, so where do you live? I said, Canada, I said, well, I live in Florida, so well, I can get a plane ticket, he said, all right, so I came down to Florida, I rode for Scotty Schuhofer, uh, I, I trained with him for a year, went to Saratoga, and then went back to Canada, and won two sovereign awards. Um, and then the rest is history. I went all over the world racing. Talk about what you felt like in your first race. My first race, I felt like uh, super nervous and um, not sure what to expect. But what I was blown away with was the um, quietness of the race when you break from the gate. And then the race is actually very quiet. It's not like you hear thundering hooves or like people talking, it's really quiet, almost medita meditative, like like a quiet space. And uh, it's very exhilarating beyond anything that I could ever even explain. Just, it's so exciting. And at that time it happened super fast, but, and then the dirt all around you and, you know, changing your goggles was like, wow, oh my God, it's just so much going on. And now it's so natural. Can you talk about your first big race and your first big win? Um, my first win was on a horse called Silver Bounty. And it was the first time in my life I felt like a horse just take off with you. And it was like driving through traffic when everyone's going half your speed. And just the, the, the force and the pull, like, he was really like, at that point in my career, I wasn't really helping him. He was just taking me and I was hanging on. And then I would say now at the level that I'm at now, the most exciting race uh, was the race when I was in California and I was on the horse called Game On Dude and I was 50 to one, the Pacific Classic. And no, Santa Anita Handicap. And uh, I won. And, and when I went to the winner's circle, everybody booed. It was the first time I'd ever been booed in horse racing. And it's because I I'd, I'd screwed up so many tickets. Like, and then... Uh, so that was interesting, but what an, an amazing day because it was the beginning of an incredible journey I would have with the horse to take me to Dubai to, you know, ride for Bob Baffert and just to meet all the people in racing that I, that I met. And it was just this beautiful in, in like um, introduction to, you, to California racing from Canada. If you talk about uh, what it's like to be a really predominantly men's sport, I mean, do they welcome you or do you have some people that give you a bad time? I feel like at this space in my career, being um, predominantly male and also I'm a minority, I'm, I'm white, I'm a female, and uh, I race against predominantly Hispanic, Venezuelan, Port Portuguese, and uh, Spanish. So there's a cultural dynamic, you know, and... I feel like at the beginning when I first got here, I did need to stand my ground with one of the jockeys in the jocks room. And we did have a toe-to-toe -to -toe fight. And it was more of a very um, 
loud conversation and security was going to come in and the clerk of sales said no let them let them talk this out and we did and it's been fine ever since and that was the first second week i was there and then it's been great like it's, everything's been fine i think i think in your life people will test you and i would say i would rather make friends out on the racetrack because you're going to need somebody to let you out especially on a big day when you make enemies that you're going to get in a situation where people aren't going to help you out or let you out. Um, so I'd rather make friends, but of course you're going to bump into somebody here and there. And at that point, I think I need to stay in my, stay in my ground. Now I would say I'd rather keep my mouth shut and just walk away and sometimes your guy out, but uh, let let the dust settle and come back when the, the conversation's not so hot. It's like, you know, when you're driving a car and someone cuts you off, it gets hot and exciting. But it's, t it's good to let people cool off. Do you have other female jockeys that um, you can talk to? I do. I have uh, a young girl, um, Erica, and she's not racing right now. She's been, uh, bad spills, and she kind of maybe needs a little bit of a break. It can, it can mess with your, um, your heart, your, you know, your head. So she's there and we talk a lot and I, you know, I always want to, every room that I'm in with the girls, I always say to the girls, it's important that we support each other because the better we can do, the better it is that they'll want to ride women. If we all suck, they're not going to ride us. If we're all doing well, then there's no problem to ride a girl or a, a woman. Uh, so it's very important we support each other. It, the guys help themselves out, so why wouldn't we help ourselves? And um, I think it's really important for me in my career. I, I like when women get along. There's no reason why we should be jealous or, uh, you know, not proud of each other when the other person wins because you can't win all the time, and you got to be happy. Can you, can you talk about the racing circuit? What is that like, and how long is it? The racing circuit, you have California, you have New York, and then you have Kentucky and then Florida. So each circuit, uh, you have to move around. Santa Anita has Del Mar, so you're, you're moving all the time. You definitely are, we live like a gypsy or carnival people, we've been told. And you're always moving and, uh, you know, you think you have a stable life, but it's not. It's uh, crazy and um what I love now is I'm in Florida at Gulfstream and now this track runs all year round. I don't have to move. Uh, we run, we run, there's a winter meet, but it's still the same track. We have a turf course, a dirt course and a synthetic tapita course. So it's like the best scenario. I don't have to live like a carnival person anymore. I get to live in one spot and actually have a life <laughs> with stability. And uh, I'm very happy here. It's a little hot in the summer, but I'm getting used to it. And I would prefer that than the cold or, you know, like really cold rain um, or snow. So it's fine with me. I'm fine sweating it out a little bit rather than freezing. Um, so I'm happy here. But those are the circuits. And those everywhere else, you got to move. You got to move every three, four months. I think that, you know, one thing that I do think is interesting is how has horse racing changed since you started? You know, are there more women these days? You know, sadly, there's not that many more women. There are. Uh, it's just 
it's not a huge following and um i but there are there are new more girls coming up in europe and and seems to like australia there are some more women here in the united states but it's not like a, a lot by any means and um yeah so i you know i don't know exactly why that is uh but i definitely enjoy doing it and um i do love the handicapping side of it i'd like to do my own show once a week and tell you my picks and why i pick certain horses and how i even go on the track and i'll watch a horse breeze and then i'll follow that horse because they have saddle towels and i'll follow it back to its barn and ask if i can ride the horse i did that a month ago and the horse just ran third first time out a little filly that i saw and i can tell you you know when they come to the paddock how they're handling the stress level and if you they are a favorite and if they're over sweating or something I don't like, I'd say throw it out and, and do something else. Can you talk about how much longer do you want to go and what's next? What's next for you? Well, I, I mean, I'd love to ride five more years. It just really depends on how uh, fit and healthy I keep my body. Right now I feel amazing and uh, I love it and I'm super happy. I think when I'd like to and as I'm riding, um, I'm always studying breeding and I know that I can see and I have an eye for a horse and I love, uh, you know, the sales and, and just, I can tell you, like I write notes of every horse I ride, the breeding, how they act. And when I get to that point where I get to go to the sales and look at horses and maybe buy for owners, uh, friends, syndicates. I can also refer back to all the years that I've ridden, how those horses from those, you know, bloodlines, how they acted. Like Candy Ride is a is a you know good great sire, but my experience with Candy Ride is they're a little cuckoo, a little crazy. So um, not always, but it would be not not my favorite choice. And then you know if if you're looking at horse and their confirmation and if you love their breeding and you love everything that you'd want, I would love to get into the bloodstock part of it. And I also love real estate and interior design. So I got, I got options, you know, but I would love just to ride right now. Can you tell me the two best horses you've ever ridden on? And what's the difference between the two of them? Um, probably... Uh, Game on Dude is the most successful horse, and uh, I had the most success with him. And I think, um, I don't think I've had my second best horse yet. Yeah, we would. <clears throat> we would do a scouting report on everything. Our players, coaches, everything you do a scouting report on. So that's that's really cool to hear that you guys are doing the same stuff that we're doing. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for being on. Um, you know, we got to uh, we got to somehow get down to Florida so we can ride some horses. We can do a little boxing. We can play some golf. We can just get it all done down there. Thank you so much for being on. This was awesome. Yeah, I would love to play golf. Thank you so much too. Thanks for having me.